0: You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood.
1: That's right, we are the Fantasy Joes joining me from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's, of course, Will the Thrill Greenwood.
0: Pillow Palace.
1: That's kind of like uh, uh, Elton John, Pillow Palace
0: thing, right? Yeah, because it's Benny and the Jets, Ryan, for your new dog.
1: Yes. So I got a dog, Benny. Th- this is at Library librarian, Ryan Livergood, joining you from North Chicago. We just watched Rocket Man, my wife and I. I. I will say that if you haven't seen it, most people probably have, but it's it's really good. I mean, it's kind of like a musical play on Elton John's life. I'm not the biggest Elton John fan. I mean, I, I appreciate him, him as his musician, but the music's fun. If, if you like that's musicals that's- remotely, have you seen it?
0: No, I want to I really love what's it it's what's uh it's who's the guy who's the lead actor in that? It's
1: uh I don't know, he was in the um the the um those movies the not the Huntsman. What's the, What's the
0: It's the Kingsman. It was, Kingsman, the Canes, Kingsman. Yes, yes, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, but he's I it's, it's Eggy is his name in that, but his real name is something like EG something. Taron Egerton, I think. Right? Yeah, there we go. Uh he's also really good in, in Eddie the Eagle. If you haven't watched Eddie the Eagle yet, uh it's him and it's Hugh Jackman and that movie is awesome like yeah. I, that's I love that movie he does such a good job playing him and I think like really portraying that character because if you have if you do, if, if you really don't know if you're living under a rock you don't know who Eddie the Eagle was he was the sensation at the Lake Placid Olympics in the ski jump event from England uh because they didn't have a ski jumping team and he really wanted to be in the Olympics ended up qualifying anyway his whole story is great and uh yeah, that's the, that's another one. Another thing too, if you haven't if you've never heard the term uh, "pulling a Bradbury," uh, Bradbury is the skater from Australia that won the gold in short track speed skating the one year when Ono and I think it was the two Koreans crashed each other out. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so Australia has a term called pulling a Bradbury. That's just when you get really <laughs> lucky, because not only did he win the gold medal by two people crashing out, he only made it to the gold medal round by two people crashing out. So that's a. Uh, he literally just hung back a little bit, and both of them—you still have to be super crazy fast to just stay within, you know, striking distance like that. Oh yeah. But, uh, pulling the Bradbury. So if you look up their Wikipedia page, they're all on the same page. So anyway, that's a that's a really good movie, and I'm a huge Elton John fan. Around, I was a, uh, I went to an Elton John cover band with the Cedar Rapids, Iowa orchestra playing in the background, and on the last song after everybody cheered for an encore, they they played "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me," and there was like 15 old ladies crying, around <laughs> around me and my you know by then by then girlfriend and i was just dying like just the amount of sentiment but they did a really good job and i'm a really actually big elton john fan
1: well now you got plans, like you know movie plans for tonight if you're gonna watch a movie we're recording on saturday you can can watch the rocket
0: man it's available on demand i really want to watch ford versus ferrari and then jojo rabbit are the two that that are up there Nice.
1: So there we go. It's Fancy Joe's movie recommendations because there's not a lot else out there to watch that's new. Uh, the Michael Jordan uh, documentary is, is coming to ESPN. Is it in a couple of weeks? we got the NFL draft coming up. That's something to watch. But in the meantime, we've got some time to kill. So Yeah.
0: And plus, like, we don't need to just talk about fantasy. Now, You everybody's listening. You have some time. that's right
1: this is uncut unedited uncensored fantasy joe's so we'll talk about whatever we want because you're right we have the time i want to talk about and i i hate to so i i couldn't help myself well like on facebook this was it a week ago week and a half ago i started seeing all these posts on this tiger king thing on (laughs) Uh, so i'm like what is this and people told me about what this was and I, I was very hesitant to watch it because I thought it was going to be like a bad reality show, but I, I've only watched the- f-
0: It is a bad reality show, by the way. It's just well, super entertaining.
1: Well, it is, but it's not. I mean, I watched the first episode. Maybe it changes, but it is a, it's a documentary at the end of the day about kind of a guy that wants to be a reality TV star among other things, right? Um, so it's, it's. I was intrigued. It was, it was. I mean, I'm, I'm very, yeah. I'm kind of sucked in after episode one. It, it's It's the just a really bizarre people involved and- not necessarily yeah. likable people but it's it's like fascinating you can't look away it is like a train wreck
0: uh right i'll tell you one thing uh so episode one it has a little bit of a dark side to it you saw that in there they do talk about the animal abuse uh oh yeah for sure. there. no There's doubt about that dark side but wait till you see episode two and i'll be shocked if you don't watch two and three in a row because two is the one that really really sucks in it uh and then when, and then you finish the season, and you're like, oh, that's just kind of like ends. Like, I mean, it ends with <laughs> drama, but it, you feel more, way more sucked in at the beginning than you do the end. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the Tiger King. All the cool kids are watching it, so the Greenwoods decided to watch yeah. it as well. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's not, it's not groundbreaking. It's not the best show I've ever watched, but man, no. was it no. a fun watch overall. Yeah, uh, as far as entertainment value, just like. The, the director, they do such a good job of editing it and putting everything together. Like even in the first season, you know, when you're going to the doc's house, you know, and they're sitting in the golf cart and he's like, okay, well, come film me, you know, answering the door like you guys just got here. <laughs> right, I right. They, I love how they show that beforehand. Like they just do, it's it's, a, its put together very well.
1: It is. It is, yeah. No, super entertaining. So, so yeah, There. The, the, what else are you entertaining yourself with these days then? any Have you discovered anything else? I mean, everyone knows about Tiger King. We're not, this is yeah, not yeah. breaking news on Fancy Joes.
0: Well, we bowled through Ozarks pretty quickly They're yeah that's a down. that's a
1: people are I've not seen it but people are big fans
0: and I should say it correctly it's Ozark just yeah like uh, just like it's not uh, Alaskan Airlines it's Alaska Airlines things like that but it's just Ozark <laughs> the the third season was it was pretty good you, it's a, it's pretty dramatic there are some some moments where like ah, I don't know but they uh, I, th- I thought they did a really good job with it I worried about season three with a lot of shows because you can go off the rails pretty quickly I don't know if you were a big weeds fan back in the day but yeah. uh I was not. I, uh, I, I've never watched it actually. We okay. Weeds is a great show to watch, Ryan. Uh, once you get through season three, though, it starts to go off the rails, and some people loved it, some people hated it. I, I kind of backed off after that. So season three has always been a big scare for me for shows.
1: Yeah, and and sometimes shows recover, sometimes shows don't. The, sh- drama, like th- some of the more popular dramas, it seems like they're all kind of like that. And, and some, uh, yeah, you're. I think you're right. Around season three, it can it can get dicey with some of these shows where you might want to quit watching them. So. Um, for sure. Um okay, well what else is going on? What about football?
0: Uh not a lot of trades, offers or <laughs> things have been happening really. So, so, I, I did that startup draft, we talked about the Patreon a little bit, and I'm gonna do one more, but I think I'm gonna cap it at that unless I go absolutely stir crazy. But uh Ryan, that other league that I joined was put on by Jake Patterson. Uh Senior Trey Barrett has joined that, so that should be a fun one. Maybe we'll connect again a little bit more. I feel like we haven't talked in a while, so Yeah. Yeah,
1: and, and Trey is fine. You know, you those uh, listeners of ours know that he does work in, in a hospital, um, but, he, but he Trey's doing great. So shout out to, you know, needless to say, everyone that is working in, in the healthcare industry, along with grocery workers, delivery drivers, everyone out there they are doing their thing. Um, we, we appreciate that. Uh, we'll try to do our part by having things to talk about with football, but I, I have some things I want to talk about. I want to talk about, first of all, my – um, not sneaky signing. This isn't sneaky at all, but I, you're, you're this league you talked about was two tight ends and you talked about later, you drafted Greg Olson and, and I asked you, okay, was Jimmy Graham still on the board? And you said he was, and you decided between the two. I just want to talk about um, Jimmy Graham a little bit, because I think he's a guy that in a dynasty league, you could probably get for next to nothing. And, and I do think, there is a world where he could have a productive season for the Chicago bears. Remember in the playoffs against Seattle, he made some really big plays for the Packers. He looked pretty good. So um, I think there is a potential call me crazy that um, Jimmy Graham could be a tight end one. And I, I know like, I'm getting back on the train cause I said this <laughs> for 2019, didn't I? But 2020 are, are, what are some like signings that of, of maybe veterans that sign that went to places that most people are like, eh, you know, why do they do that? I'm not really excited about that for fantasy
0: that you're kind of intrigued by. Why are we not more excited about Devin Funches going to the Packers? He missed one year. And he Devin, was... so are you really excited about Devin Funches? I'm relatively excited about Devin Funchess where I have him. At least I've convinced myself that it was worth stashing him all of last season. I mean, I think a third-round rookie pick for Devin Funches isn't a bad move. It's, and you just bank on – this is gambling season, right? We don't have anything else to gamble on. We missed – the the NCAA tournament we missed everything we don't have anything to gamble on so let's gamble on the NFL draft and how do you do that in, in your dynasty leagues did you scoop up the veterans for cheap you know the Packers yeah. they said I was listening to the fantasy pros podcast and they said they don't think the Packers are going to go defensive with their draft but they just lost Fackerel and then they lost uh, the other linebacker Blake lost, Martinez yeah Blake Martinez they lost two starting linebackers uh to free agency you don't think they're going to draft a starting linebacker like this is ridiculous uh and if they don't do it in the first round, they do pick a wide receiver. I'm willing to gamble that I'm wrong there. That's fine. It's not going to cost me a ton to do that. And if you hit, and Devin Funches is a starter, uh, value is just, it's, it's it's increasing. You know, it's going up. And uh, that's, maybe I'll move him, maybe I'll keep him. But uh, he's just going to be a spot start potential plug-in at some point in time. And it's a deep deep roster bench, but he's at least worth having uh, versus maybe like late third round rookie pick and we're going to be scooping up there. I, I might just want to keep the Devin Funches on my team. Cause he's still very young. Yeah. He was very athletic. He f- had finally broken out a little bit on the Panthers. Uh, and then was then, you know, then, uh, ended up going to the Colts and signing that one year deal and got hurt right away. So we never really got to see him.
1: Yeah, no, I, I like that. Um, a- another signing I thought was interesting was Jarek McKinnon going back to San Francisco. I mean, no one's really talking about that. I, I mean, what do they sign him to? Like, uh, it wasn't even 000, 000. Yeah, it's like a million dollars. I do one year deal. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's a world where he comes back healthy and could could you know have
0: some spots in the season where he dominates that backfield. Is is that not crazy, or is that crazy? I think that's crazy. Uh, with Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert back there as well. Assuming they don't cut Coleman, he is a potential cut candidate. Uh, which I think he's you know he's what 25, 26. So he could still have a little bit of juice left in him uh, in in the right kind of scheme, like even if like the Vikings picked up Coleman as the backup in there, I guess he doesn't play special teams. So let's, let's, let's get rid of that. That's off the cuff. Uh, But so if he does get cut, I mean, he can still sign somewhere and be an injury away. Like if Tevin Coleman went to the, like the bills, you know, as a veteran signing after the Niners cut him, that's not a bad spot for him. So uh, but in in general, yes, Ryan, I think it's crazy that after two years basically out of the league McKinnon comes back and dominates touches. That is crazy.
1: I don't mean, like, the whole year. I mean, like, there could be a stretch where, you know, those other guys get banged up or something. And I'm just saying you could probably pick him up
0: for real, real little right now. Yeah, I've I've picked him up off waivers. Yeah. And I'm willing to stash that. We're talking running backs. One of the highest fantasy point score in week-per-week positions and where if you get two weeks out of that pickup, you've already won. If you get one week out of that pickup, you've already won.
1: Yeah. And I I think that could happen with him. If a couple guys go down in front of him in that offense, I think he could have a couple big weeks. What I'm thinking – so, uh, other thoughts. Um, you know, now that we have more time to talk about things, because I think one of the things that's interesting, and this is my own perception, I could be way off on this, because I've I've said on the Patreon show, I've been really busy. Um, I know a lot of people are, have a lot of free time, but my free time has kind of disappeared. Um, so, I, I've not been following fantasy as closely as, as as I typically do. Let's just put it that way. But, but one of the things I've heard whisper... It's about is the um um idea that the tom brady some people are floating it out there looking at projections i think it was who was it, it was it jeff radcliffe put out his projections and he said that tom brady projected to be and these are just projections right they don't necessarily count for floor and ceiling but he kind of had him at a qb1 like a back end qb1 so what i mean what do you think about Tom Brady in, in Tampa Bay, the more you get to think about or any of these other landing spots now that we're kind of out of, I guess for agency, you know, players can still sign whoever's out there. But if you give, you give a thoughts to this,
0: uh, I, you draft to Tom Brady in the startup draft you're doing. Yeah. I actually really like Tom Brady as a spot starter. Uh, I, of course he could be a QB one. There's going to be, we're going to, we're going to experience a completely different quarterback year than we did last year. And our opinions and the, the way quarterbacks putting up stats is going to be significantly different. That's one thing I can actually promise. Assuming an NFL season happens, there's just no chance that we're going to repeat what happened last year uh, with what's with the quarterback position. Uh, so I do think that Tom Brady being a QB one isn't isn't outrageous. You have two of the top what ten best wide receivers in the league, maybe top fifteen at worst, if anywhere you want to rank those guys. Uh, OJ Howard is a great tight end athletically and has flashed here and there. Uh, so at least he has an opportunity to have that. The offensive line, I'm not overly concerned about because I think an offensive line performance also has a lot to do with how the quarterback changes plays on the on the line of scrimmage and how intelligent they are. Intelligent, sorry, they are. And uh, with less turnovers uh, and having a more conservative offense, but having it be more passing oriented with Dink and Dunk, I think having Tom Brady be a QB one. I mean, we're talking low end. We're talking like twelve, right? Quarterback twelve. I don't think that yeah, is I uh, outrageous at all. I'd give that like a you know what. chance of happening I'd be okay with that yeah I'm willing to take that bet in a a super flex league if Tom Brady is going to go for for cheap like I you want I mean that he's gonna he's gonna have several four touchdown games this next season
1: uh who would you pick Tom Brady or Drew Brees I'd still take Brees yeah I think I would too yeah, Emmanuel Sanders is another guy that I keep thinking yeah. is going to, it's just, you know, his value is going to be worthless. And it could, I mean, who knows? Who knows how he's going to perform this year? He could get hurt and, you know, miss the year and retire with his history. But I'm pretty excited about Emmanuel Sanders in, in New Orleans. I don't think that's a hot take at all. I think a lot of people are. But I Perfect like that.
0: time. Perfect time to pick up Traquan Smith. I kid. I kid. I'm, <laughs> I'm giving up. on <laughs> uh, But he's also so Manuel Sanders Is that another gamble you I've heard uh, at least on the Roto Underworld and other podcasts that like he's one of those veterans that you want to shop around because he could be replaced in the draft. Uh, they could draft a younger wide receiver, but I'm willing to gamble that they don't. I'm willing to gamble that they go a different direction and that they use him for this last year, potentially a breeze. I know they signed him just two years That's I think that's a cap space thing. It's a year-by-year thing. So I think that Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a good part of that offense. And a quarterback like Drew Brees is going to love, love a receiver like Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders, when it comes to playing the wide receiver position, is elite. He might not be an elite fantasy producer year-over-year, but he has been, and he is an elite wide receiver. Uh, And he doesn't necessarily always win with speed. He wins with, with nuance and being able to, you know, in zone coverage, being able to be open and finding everything, and being on the same page as the quarterback, he's a smart wide receiver, and I love that fit for that offense. I don't necessarily trust him like a redraft league to, to be an every week starter, but I think for that offense, he, that's a what a great signing.
1: Yeah, and I don't necessarily like the advice of shopping him around because I, I guess the idea is, okay, there's some renewed interest in Sanders, so maybe you could get something for him. But I don't know. I'd rather hold him and keep him, and maybe I can use him to, to win this year or if I'm not a contender, I'm hoping that he has some big weeks and I can flip him. I think in season, he's going to be worth more than, than now, even though there's a little bit of hype.
0: I, I can hear yeah, about yeah. that. But And if you want to use him to be like the player to push a deal over the edge that you want, like as a rebuilding team to get a younger player or to get to a draft pick that you want to, but don't be selling Emmanuel Sanders for like a third-round rookie pick. That's just a mistake.
1: Yeah, exactly, because that's what that's what's going to be. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. If you could package him for something that you want, probably a good guy to – to use in a package deal to get something yeah, better.
0: Yeah. He's that little, he's the, he's like two of the like 30 sprinkles on an ice cream cone or something, you know?
1: <laughs> hey, is Julian Edelman still in the league? Is he still coming back? Because one guy that I just haven't heard a lot about is Julian Edelman. Cause he's, I guess the wide receiver one in new England. And, um, um Jarrett Stidham is his quarterback maybe we don't even know <laughs> yeah right
0: am I, am I being super ignorant or super like unenthusiastic about using Edelman's skill set now that Brady's gone I have no interest
1: no I I mean I, you know I, I I don't I don't think you want to go out and acquire Edelman for anything because I yeah I just I think his value is kind of gone with Tom Brady but it's it's worth the question I mean he's a you know so him,
0: he, if him and Jared McKinnon are on their waiver wire which one are you picking up
1: Oh, that's a good question. That really is a good question because... Yeah, I think I, I'm probably kidding. Yeah, I, I probably am too, I, I guess. I wonder what the what the trade value is for both of those guys. We should we should look, but...
0: I mean, zeros. Um, I mean, well, we I mean, <laughs> I might have some in calculators, but as soon as you add them to a package, his value is going to go down. So I'm like, talking about
1: like a one versus like a 1.5 on the, <laughs> the Dicey trade. Or something. Yeah, I'm not talking about they, big values. I'm talking that's about little values.
0: value change between the two, though, so yeah, doing a scale. Uh, but anyway... Yeah, it's if you had Edelman last year, you got you bought him for last year, so you got what you needed out of him. You you can't be greedy and expect there to be more. So, you know, congrats, you had a good season with him last year.
1: What what are we doing with the interesting quarterbacks that are still out there? that don't have a team like like Cam specifically. Cam Newton, what, but Jameis is one of those guys too. Unless less something's happened since I since I looked, because I keep looking at Roto World every couple of days. Like, did I miss it? Are those guys still out there. I think with Cam, it's just going to be come down to. Teams need to see him and evaluate him before anyone's going to sign him. And that's this this coronavirus epidemic pandemic has just just killed like any chance he had
0: of of um, getting signed by a team. Like same. getting a big deal, like it it took away the year from him of getting a big deal. Yeah, like camp could still be still be fine. He's only thirty years old. Let's take a relax a little bit. Uh, the Bears should have signed him, but whatever, Ryan. That's your fault. <laughs> Ryan, no, you Ryan Pace. Uh, is no, a- I. I,
1: I, you know, the Nick Foles thing. It was, it was almost like too obvious with all the, you know, um, what's the the guy that we with the, that went to was in Jacksonville and he was like the hot guy in the market. Filippo, he was the wasn't he the offensive was coordinator? Filippo, he was, yeah. the, he
0: was the offensive coordinator for Minnesota until they fired him.
1: That's right. So he's he's on the Chicago coaching staff and uh like laser and you know all these coaches now have worked with with Nick Foles that are, and, and so I think that they see him as a good. Um, a, a good piece for what they want to do. Because the Bears, for better or worse, they, they think they're this win-now team. So they want to try to win now. I, I, Virginia McCaskey, you know, is uh, 116 years old, and they want to get her a championship while she's still alive. So um,
0: I, should, I, do, I do agree that McCaskey, they have to try. She's younger than that. After that Khalil Mack deal, they still have to try one more year. That yeah. They'll put together an elite defense. They still have some good pieces, and they're not – they're not terrible overall. So they do, I do think they have to try whether that's in vain. Uh, I don't think them trying is the wrong move here, like to give it one more year before they completely blow it up.
1: Right. And and I think the fact of the matter is they, that uh, Nagy wants a guy that he can trust in his system because uh, you know, w- one thing we know about Nick Foles is he, um, you know, he's, he's a, he, you know, he can make more than one read. <laughs> I think he's a pretty good decision maker. He, you know, he, he's a winner. So I think he's, he's a good fit for the culture and um I, I fully expect him they're saying it's a competition here in chicago that they're both going to get an equal shot at it but if nick Foles doesn't beat mr Trubisky, that's <laughs> there's I just, it's Foles, just not going to happen
0: nick Foles's first pass left in practice boom starter <laughs> <laughs> no I, I mean so I he's going to be like it's it, seriously like the first time he goes left and throws a, a nice like route down the left side of the field they're gonna be like oh yeah. oh oh
1: yeah, so so I'm actually not that I'm excited about the Bears season. I'm not. I'm not thinking. Oh, we're we're going to be Super Bowl contenders, but I do think they're going to be an interesting team and certainly more competitive than they were in, in 2019. Uh, you're a horrible fan, Ryan. So it could be fun because I I don't think that Green Bay is as good as you know the, as as far as they went last year. I think the Vikings are still a good team. So I I do think, and I think Detroit. I think maybe they're actually going to take a step forward this year i'm serious so i think the
0: nfc north could be fun to watch maybe i'm just drinking the kool-aid on these teams so this year's browns from last year last year's browns is going to be this year's dolphins with all the signs that they've been doing what they signed they signed kyle van noy from the patriots right i believe they picked him up and then they grabbed davian howard uh, and then they picked up byron jones that could be a sneaky good defense. I don't think it takes as long for a defensive player to gel into a good defensive system than it does, let's say, like a wide receiver or quarterback coming into that. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sneakily excited about the Dolphins just because I want them to do well. Like, let's have the Dolphins be good. That that that, that would change things.
1: Well, NFC East is is going to be great. It's just going to be so much fun. Oh, because okay. now we now New England is they don't have Tom Brady. I mean, they they have have Bill Belichick still, but I think that's gonna be fun to watch watch it watch them go tw- watch the patriots go 12 and 4 get the one seed <laughs> just, just andy andy dalton led when
0: he gets released cam newton led and this was said by uh oh who was it it was on uh anyway that the cam newton and bill belichick the amount of hate for each of those two people would create a hate vortex in new england and i think that's true <laughs> i would love that
1: that matching that that combination of of uh quarterback and coach it would be fascinating to see that play out
0: yeah and watching cam newton score a touchdown for the patriots and doing the superman chess you know opening up it just would feel so weird uh but i think that they have their pick now a little bit of of what they want to do because teams are are shipping off old expensive quarterbacks and you could have a plug-and-play starter there i don't think too difficultly um overall so
1: ryan but- what? What about? What, I'm sorry. Go ahead, and then I, then I want to come back to Jameis. We didn't talk about Jameis
0: really. No, go Jameis, because I'm going to pivot to some draft buzz.
1: Okay. Just Jameis Winston. Do you think he just goes to a team? He signs as a as a nice backup, and then he's just kind of waiting in the wings. Yeah, the um, leading
0: passer in the NFL from 2019 uh, is not going to be startable for most of 2020.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm just looking for places that he could go, like places that make sense, and I'm trying to figure it out. Uh,
0: like maybe like a place like Denver. I think the uh, worst thing that happened to him though, was that Bruce Arians got rid of him. So you're talking about a quarterback whisperer getting rid of Jameis Winston. That's yeah. not that everybody else in the league, you know, that's monkey see monkey do has a sour taste in their mouth from that. So I would like to see him sign a, you know, a cheap deal somewhere and, and be a backup for a year or two. He still has a decade left of his NFL career if he wants. So it's not like he's dead. But his value couldn't be lower right now. I feel like.
1: Yeah, he's he's like, um, um, I don't know, like a more talented Mitch Trubisky, but he is he is tend to turn the ball, turn over the ball more, almost like he he. <laughs> right, you know, you right. No, I, I mean
0: he's uh, a much more talented Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> all, right, all right. Well, I'm trying to think of a good
1: analogy for him because you know because obviously he puts up big fantasy numbers, but, you know, if you watch him in games, he just makes these really bad mistakes and that kills his team. So I'm just trying to think of a good analogy because he he puts up big, I don't know, you could say Blake Bortles is probably the lazy, you know, analysis there, a guy that, you know, also made mistakes, but put up numbers. I don't know. That's not, I don't know. Maybe there's no, we've probably never seen a guy like Jameis Winston because he's such an outlier. Um, How do you turn the ball over With with 30 times? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we were, you know, I think we're gonna win that bet with with Trey that we made many years ago about the career arc of um, Russell Wilson
0: and Jameis Winston, <laughs> especially because Russell Wilson still outscored him in fantasy points last year. Yeah, so, uh, that was that was like what four years ago, and I think we're four for four. Uh, anyway. <laughs>
1: Take that tray. Okay, anyway, you wanted to pivot. You want to talk about some rookie buzz. And and, hey, rookie buzz, there's no rookie buzz because there's no pro days, you know?
0: Oh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. (laughs) Ryan. One, Denzel Mims. Have you had any thoughts about him? Because I have some thoughts.
1: I like Denzel Mims. I, I think he is one of many wide receivers that. I am eager to keep an eye on to see where he gets taken in the NFL draft. So yeah, he's one of like about, I don't know, like eight wide receivers <laughs> I'm pretty excited about um, in this draft. If if that may be an um, underestimating, what, what about you?
0: I would be happy to miss on, uh, on Denzel Mims. I see. So what I see in his profile is I see Brashard Perriman. Uh, with the four years of collegiate production. Hey,
1: does, you know, R- Perriman looked greater than the last year. Oh, I like this. Tell me more.
0: Well, I, I just see that he, Denzel Mims is now being – and we're early, and I know that these could be wrong, but he's moving up in on NFL mock draft boards to be a near first-rounder, and Perriman wasn't an overly boosted. I mean, he was much earlier than I think what Mims will do. I think Perriman was like a 21st pick overall, something like that. Uh, but I think that we're seeing a kind of college compiler and producer – now come to the NFL with great workout metrics. And uh, Perriman was the 26th overall pick. And I could see that's where Mims is going to kind of go. And that's my kind of opinion about, about Mims, just the way he plays in the offense he played in, uh, that he is going to have a rough time adapting to the NFL right away. And so the, the hype about, about Mims to me is I just hope somebody reaches for him above where a guy that I want to pick and I'm willing to trade up for. What
1: do you think he's getting the hype just because of the combine or is it
0: mock drafts show him going high? Well, his true, or his sophomore season, uh, he broke out and had a thousand yards receiving, uh, had eight touchdowns. He was, he was, he was a good, great producer, which is what you want in a young receiver, right? His sophomore year, he was 20. So that's, that's younger than some, like, you know, young, like, uh, if you were to, to, you know, the elite breakout ages, he he's past that now but it's still pretty high up there. It's a 67th percentile, according to player profilers, breakout age. Uh, and then his next year went down, but they had some quarterback turnover. And then last year he had another great season. And then he comes and he, he just boomed the combine. Like he, he had one of the best combines as far as boosting up his own draft capital out of anybody. And I think that's very similar to what Rashad Perriman did. Uh, Rashad Perriman was just a compiler at Eastern Carolina and then came to the combine and really flashed what athleticism he had, but then just never did anything in the NFL until late season Jameis Winston comeback mode, uh, this past season. I know that he won fantasy championships potentially for people who started him. Ryan almost beat me, but I beat him by half a point in that one. So, the, <laughs> the, long, the, the, the long story short is you have a four year receiver who's coming out at age 22 and a half, so he's older. Yes, he is uber athletic, but he's coming from a very big spread offense. And I don't, if he goes in the first round, I, I think he's gonna be overdrafted in our rookie drafts. And if he falls, he falls. And, uh, he, he'll fall down the rookie draft boards but to me he's a big stay away player for me with what i've been hearing about from other podcasts and like dynasty websites and i read a lot and listen to a lot of dynasty uh content and so i am just surprised that everybody's so high on him why why are we not why are we not seeing these parallels ryan why are we not
1: um you know honestly it's it's just uh, you know he's like i said what, one of a bunch of guys with those wide receivers in this draft class. I, I just kind of want to see where they all go, and then kind of reassess from there because there are a lot of talented guys, and and he certainly has some some um, some red flags, per se. But but yeah, no, I I don't think that that's bad to compare him to Rashad Perryman or or uh, a, a player like that. So yeah yeah, wide receivers as White. No, uh, yeah, oh I didn't want to go there. You know, He's, White he White
0: came from junior. It's completely really different. <laughs> profile mix so i didn't want to go there but it's just a draft class
1: but yeah that's that's we've talked about this probably ad nauseum on on our show is that with wide receivers they're risky because you know they they they, there may be some things that look good um you know in the profiles but it's it's just harder to predict how they're going to translate to the nfl a lot of the time
0: like i would love if i'm at the end of the first round beginning of the second round in a super flex dynasty draft uh rookie draft of course this dynasty because it's a rookie draft <laughs> but uh and somebody takes Mims before me and I can grab Ruggs right after that that's I, I I'm actually weirdly high on Henry Ruggs Ryan I think it's your big hand influence on me that I think that he could just be more of what he was like I trust more that he's going to adapt and play better in the NFL and be more of a piece of an offense than what a guy like Mims is going to be faster so that first year value bump Let's say Ruggs booms and has 1,000 yards in his, his rookie season. He's going to be off the charts in value going into his sophomore year in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and he is a good guy to pick because I just think the potential – like talk about ceiling floor. I mean, the sky's the limit with, with Rugs for sure. And it'll be interesting to see where he goes, not only in the draft but rookie drafts because he's – do you think he's the most polarizing guy in this, in this class? Who's the most polarizing guy oh, among these rookies? I think
0: easily it's Rugs. Yeah, I think so too. And I think um, you could, I think Zach Moss is another guy who people have extremely low, extremely high. But I think Rugs is the more interesting, yeah. polarizing character because you looked at that. Uh, who put it? Who put it out right on Twitter that the top? He just looked at the top forty times of NFL wide receiver history, the top twenty-five, and there's like two of them that have at least one one thousand yard season in the NFL. And and I and I get that. I get that 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 shouldn't be like I'm not boosting up Rugs because he ran a four two seven. I'm boosting up Rugs because. He was a, a great college player for the team. He was he was a key part of that offense. He has big hands and is fast. And I believe he's a better route runner than what we're giving him credit for. So that's where that's where I come from. Is I think he'll adapt better than what everybody else will. And he, he knows that he's probably not gonna be the alpha on a team, but he's like John Brown when he's healthy. Yeah,
1: and and to speak of polarizing players, if you're if you're going to go after a polarizing player like with Moss, I just like what's the what's the ceiling with him? I mean, I mean, do we really think he's going to be like this running back one? I mean, what like maybe a back and running back two in a in a good situation? I mean, he's he's okay. I, I think he I can understand why some people like him, but he's not a special player. He could be a serviceable running back.
0: Yeah, uh, I just,
1: yeah, I, 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 you know, uh, so not did that, that people are talking did. about taking them to the same spot, but yeah, Moss is. I don't know. Forget it, I'm not into Moss.
0: Yeah. The thing is though, like Jordan Howard ruined it for everybody because Jordan Howard was a slow running back coming out of college that then boomed in the NFL for a few years in a good way. Like Jordan Howard was such a steal. So we want to find those guys who might be our potentially great pass catchers, but will be a, a big difference maker in an NFL offense and a big fantasy score in that way. If he yeah. was Jordan Howard, I would take him in the first round easily. I would take those years out of Jordan Howard for a first round pick. No problem.
1: Right. Well, especially with running backs, you, you know, you, you can't expect to draft a running back and he's going to be on your roster for 10 years. It just usually doesn't happen that way. Um, especially the way that the, the NFL is still treating running backs and, you know, we'll, we'll draft them, we'll, we'll use them up, and then we'll let them go into free agency and, and we'll see what happens to
0: them. So. Yeah, uh, so so Ryan, so my wide receivers go Jerry, Judy, C.D. Lamb, Jalen Rager. Or sorry, I go, sorry, I'm mixed up. because goes to me, Lamb, Judy, Rager. Do you think Justin Jefferson belongs above Rager? I, I do, yes. I, I think that,
1: although maybe Rager, um, maybe he's got a higher ceiling. I just think Jefferson is just so. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's probably a bias because I've seen him more. Uh, I I just know how good of a player he he looks to me. I mean, passes the eye test for me, and and you know, he had a great combine. So for me, I'm really high on Jefferson to be honest with you. So, but it. Yeah. Well, We'll see what the what, – what about you? Is it close for you? I mean, I could see you have those guys, like, right there, really close to each other. Yeah, and I, I think, think draft like... capital
0: might push – after Rager's uh, slower 40 than expected in the combine, we'll see how NFL teams take that into account. Uh, if, if whichever one of those gets drafted first in the NFL, uh, almost regardless of landing spot, I think I'll take – that's how that order will be decided. Um, and then right after that, assuming there's no, like, big surprises, then it's Henry Ruggs for me at five.
1: And then Mims at six, right? Uh,
0: <laughs> I think I would. I honestly like assuming T Higgins goes in round one or two. Yeah, T Higgins. I'm probably yeah. taking Higgs over Mims, even if Mims is higher draft capital. I, I mean, I get, I get it, and I'm willing to lose here, lose here on that. But my opinion is that I would be avoiding Denzel Mims.
1: Yeah, yeah, but we'll we'll see what happens. If he, if he, no matter what, like if he's a, a first rounder, Mims as a first rounder he goes in the back half to to a team you really respect. Um, let's say that he goes to, oh, I, well, okay. Let's just say he goes to Kansas City for whatever reason.
0: <laughs> it's
1: right. getting kind of crowded there. But what, what would you, what would you do?
0: <laughs> it just, he's not going to Kansas City. right? <laughs> so this isn't happening. I got uh, to tell you.
1: Hey, but, stranger, stranger things have
0: happened. So, so T. Higgins goes to, oh, I don't know, like the Jaguars. Let's say, and Denzel Mims goes to the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm probably gonna take Mims over Higgins. That that might sway it far enough. Uh, (laughs) If we're gonna go, I mean, we're going crazy town here, right? So we are going crazy. Hey, well, I I hate to do this to you. Speaking of crazy,
1: apparently my the natives are restless in my house. So we're listeners should know that we're recording this on on a Saturday, and apparently my kids are 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 asking for me and going crazy. So I, I want to start to wrap up here. Bring him on. But but before we do, uh, other rookie thoughts, because you, I can tell you've been you've been thinking about this rookie class a lot.
0: And we have so much more to talk about it still. We've gotten through like a couple receivers and a couple running backs. <laughs> uh, I, I have still, I, you know, Jonathan Taylor is still my rookie, you know, 101 overall, but I'm worried, right? I still have concerns. If he goes third round in the NFL draft, let's say he falls because of other picks, and or even like late second round, and DeAndre Swift goes first round, it's going to flip-flop. But I still think, barring anything crazy, or, or barring uh, Jonathan Taylor falling out of the second round, I'm going to set it at second round because I want to pick upside here. Both those two running backs are going to be over my first quarterback in Superflex leagues. I don't think that's such a hot take. I, I really don't. It really makes me want to trade up to the 103 in every Superflex league that can possibly can and pay enough for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun cuz cuz I I think that that you and me and some other people are kind of beating the drum on this, you know, that which it goes against conventional wisdom on your Superflex drafts. If um you know, you know, the Joe Burrow's of the 101, you, you got to take that guy, lock him in. B- but that won't be the case. I and mean, that's why Superflex drafts are, are going to be a lot of fun i think across a lot of leagues because because yeah. people will do different things because there, you can make an argument for a bunch of different guys with the one on one in my opinion i mean like honestly yeah. you can make a strong argument for um well at yeah. least at least three three guys maybe two if he goes high enough in the draft four five so,
0: yeah i, just I mean don't think, I, I yeah i don't think burrow is uh oh shoot i, I had the name uh arizona with cardinal quarterback uh Kyler Murray. He's not Kyler Murray. Burrow's not Kyler Murray from last year. He's not the consensus superflex one on one. He's not the. He's not the same. He doesn't have the same upside, in my opinion. So that's why. But I think that's where we're coming from. We're coming from that injury beat up last year. Anyway, I interrupted you. I'm sorry.
1: No, not at all. Um, yeah, and, and I know that some people make the argument that, well, you know, look at the season he put up. We've never seen a season like it in college football. You know, he could be really special because just look what happened. But uh, you know, the counter argument to that, of course, is. Yeah, he put up this one season, but look at the his whole career. You know, where was that before? Doesn't that concern you that he looked really good one year, but the other years he – you know, he was still putting it together. Um, had and, a transfer. He's like,
0: and he's like 30 years old coming into the NFL. Right. So
1: right. So, so for me, I think that's a, a big enough of a, a red flag. Um, you, know, you know, I want, I would like to – I, I guess I do kind of buy into that, you know, Bill Purcell's playbook for quarterbacks, even though it's probably dated – um thinking it, it, i do like guys that have multiple years of college success i think we've seen it a couple of times now i mean look at uh the aforementioned mentioned mr Trubisky, for example I, I do think that 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 was a red flag with him that the bears for whatever reason just ignored he had that like, one good year in college um you know where a guy like deshaun watson obviously had been proven
0: it for a while yeah uh, you know to, ryan pace taking mitchell trubisky over Deshaun watson is still a fireable offense and he should be fired I'm sorry.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he missed twice like and that's the thing I always say like it like it doesn't bother me. I, I mean it bo- yeah, it bothers the me part that
0: doesn't bother me.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Mahomes part, yeah, they missed on Mahomes, but uh, like really it was just the boldness of Kansas City to see what they saw in him and they went after him. Because, you know, a lot of teams would have m- missed on Mahomes. I mean, you know, several did. You could, I mean, basically any team that drafted before the Chiefs drafted, they missed on Mahomes because they should have drafted him over whoever they took because he's such a difference maker, no matter who they he had.
0: It was MVP in his sophomore season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First starting here. Like, yeah, but, but,
1: but passing on Deshaun Watson, that, that does bother me.
0: That they, you, know, they, you they who's made that also mistake. bothered by this? Deshaun Watson, because he's <laughs> on the Texans, and just a terribly run organization. Oh, if we, if here, Ryan, we can come back for some more rookie talk. We need to dive into this. we got to get into this. I'm so excited. <laughs> we got to do just a rookie mock between us, Ryan. Okay. Maybe set up teams, uh, or however we want to do it, or, and we we got to start doing this. we got to start hammering this, and we're going to everybody, because it's going to be fun all right rookie
1: rookie market is all right well you you, you and me mano a mano so not now but next week because apparently the natives are restless which is you know whatever <sighs> someone gave them apple juice and it wasn't me <laughs> 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 all right well two minute warning final thoughts well i'm gonna go it treat some,
0: a- I'm gonna go drink some apple juice after this it sounds like it's like for the rest of the day
1: <laughs> yes it does yes it does um uh, like like I, I said earlier, I, I, I just think that sometimes you want to uh, be contrarian. And, and I think look at free agency and read about what some sports writers are saying about like, oh, I don't think this guy's going to be a good fit and see where there's value. And, you know, if, if, you, if you see a world where a guy like Jimmy Graham could have a, a big year, you're not going to have to spend much to get him. I mean, he, he's a throw in. I mean, don't just say, hey, I want Jimmy Graham, but get him thrown in. So I, I say go after guys that you believe in. That you think that, that, that people have just just dismissed and, and get them cheap while you can. People people want to move players in their leagues. People are bored. People look for things to do. So you can make some moves now, and uh, make some of those little moves that might turn out to help you uh, put the pieces together, and win a championship.
0: What what's your final thought, Will? Oh, just just go scoop up uh, scrumptious, Devin Funchess. <laughs>
1: all right i'm gonna go do that now uh, oh i, I just ser- searched on mfl and it looks like he's available on half my legs on the waiver wire so this is gonna be easy no i'm yeah, kidding I, I don't know how how well andy is yeah so. all
0: right uh no my actual one would actual piece of advice would be is uh uh you know stay calm be well and enjoy this part of the year as best you can with the amount of extra free time you may have and if you want to, it could be a good time to join a startup, but just join like one or two. Don't overcommit for when your life gets back to normalcy.
1: And there's always, and if if you really are are, are itching, do your own like redraft best ball league or something and just be like, it's five bucks to enter and throw that out there and you'll get people to join. And that way it just... No regrets. It's five bucks. It's not a lot of money and you've you've drafted and and you're getting that out of your system. So rookie drafts are coming, everybody. Don't don't worry, and and the NFL draft is right around the corner. So with that, on behalf of Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes.
0: The Fantasy and the Joes. Dun
1: dun 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 Dun. Dun. Now you're supposed to do the come on the Fantasy! Uh, Fantasy! 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 I do. Alright, anyway. Uh